Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing well so far today. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, all of our network churches. To each of you with us online, we are so glad that you have come today. Before we get into the message, I need to mention two quick things. Uh, First off, I need to start by giving my wife, Beck, a huge shout out. As of today, we've now been married for 18 years, which doesn't even seem possible. I have no idea who my wife is standing with in this picture, but folks, uh, it just to say it, it takes a very special woman to be married to this guy. Most days, uh, being married to me is like trying to wrestle an alligator, okay? And so I, I love my wife. She's my best friend, my biggest cheerleader. Beck, I hope you feel loved, honored, and celebrated today. I genuinely can't believe that it's been 18 years. And the fact that she let me preach today, I still can't believe that. That's a miracle, okay? And they say there is no God. I disagree with that. Secondly, for all of you ladies, I'm excited to share for the first time that we are having another ladies night coming up on Saturday, November 5th. Uh, right here. We're so excited about having Jamie Ivey with us. Jamie is an author. She is a speaker, a podcaster. She's one of the co-hosts of If Gathering, if you've heard of that. Tickets go on sale today. You can go and get them online right now at imembrace.com slash Jamie. Just to let you know, the last ladies night we had sold out in just over 24 hours. And so if you want one, if you want one for your friend, get them today More specifically, I would get them right now. We expect them to go very, very quickly. But folks, just in general, uh, I can't say this strongly enough. We are thrilled about what God is gonna do this fall, and we are honored that you've decided to come and worship with us here today, all right? Well, right now, we are in a series called 167. And just to remind us, there are 168 hours in a week, correct? And as Christians, many of us, not all of us, many of us, we spend one of those hours each week in church, right? But what do we do with the remaining 167? Like, what do we do with the other 167 other hours that God gives us each week that we're not in church? What about those? Well, this right here is exactly what this whole series is about. You see, more than just our one, God, he wants our 167. He doesn't want just a part of us. He wants all of us. At the start of this series, we gave out these bracelets that just say 167 on them, and they're just a simple reminder to invite God into every part of our lives. And daily, legitimately daily, I've been praying that as we wear these, that we just remember that just the simple reminder would just lead us to pause for just a second and say, hey, God, at my work, with my family, when I'm, when I'm at the gym, wherever I am, God, I want you to be a part of all that I am. I want you in my 167. Seven. I just have to say, from this series in particular, it's been so cool to hear people actually living these these messages and this series out. Two weeks ago, we encouraged everyone to ask at least one person the simple question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? Like, what is it like to be on the other side of me? And while I've had so many people come up to me and just say, hey, I actually did this. One guy said, if you don't want the unfiltered truth, Never ask this question to your two teenage daughters because I did 
And it was a lot, okay? Another guy messaged me and he said, hey, Adam, I'm about to go on a walk with my wife and I'm gonna ask her this question. I messaged back and said afterwards, if you need the name of a good marriage counselor, let me know. I got a list, I'll send them over and I'll help you out. And then last week, we talked about spiritual gifts and I know for me, it's been so cool to talk with my friends about what their gifts are. Last, last Sunday afternoon, I was talking with one of my best friends on the phone as I was walking, and we were just talking about, hey, what do you think your spiritual gift is? What do you think my spiritual gift is? And even with my kids, several times this past week, we talked about what their unique spiritual gift is. And then lastly, with this series, just to give you an update, we are now at four people total, all women, by the way, who now have a one, six, seven tattoos. And I just have to ask, fellas, where are you at on this, okay? Where are you at? Maybe we're just afraid of needles and we have a low pain tolerance. I'm not really sure. But for, for this entire series, though, we've been looking at one chapter in the Bible, only one, Romans chapter 12. And so if you have a Bible with you to this today, I'm gonna invite you to open it up to Romans chapter 12. Use the Bible on your phone. Download the Bible on your phone. If you don't have it on your phone, this chapter is so powerful. And we've already shared this, but in the first 11 chapters of Romans, it is all about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's 11 chapters about who Jesus is and what Jesus did and how by faith we can be made right with God. And then in chapter 12, there's this huge shift. And Paul, the guy who wrote this letter, the guy who wrote Romans, at the very start of chapter 12 and verse one, he basically says, now or therefore, in light of everything that I've told you about Jesus, now, therefore, and everything I said in the previous 11 chapters, this is what you should do. And the same applies to all of us. Now, therefore, in light of everything that you know and I know about Jesus, this is how you should live out your one, six, seven. And so today, continuing on in chapter 12, this beautiful chapter, here's what Paul says, starting in verse 13. Paul says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Then he goes on to say, live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. That's powerful. Do not be conceited. Now in these few verses alone, three verses, there is so much good stuff. No joke, we could literally do an entire series on these three verses alone. They are packed with so much good, but instead of trying to cover everything today, I just wanna focus in on these two words, literally two words, practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. Other translations say it this way, always be eager to practice hospitality. Seek to show hospitality. Extend hospitality to strangers, to strangers. Now, some helpful information about this. In the ancient society, the obligation to provide hospitality to strangers was a deep, crucial part of it. Specifically for the Jews, just thinking about the hundreds and hundreds of years that they themselves were slaves in Egypt, they knew from firsthand experience what it was like to be a stranger. They knew what it was like to be an outsider. They knew this. Listen to this, in the book of Exodus, God challenges and he tells his people, you need to care for the person who's a stranger. 
you. You need, to, you need to take care of the person who's an outsider. And then God reminds them, and he just says it really directly. He says, you need to do this. Why? Because you know what it's like to be a stranger for you yourselves. You know this. You yourselves were once strangers in the land of Egypt. Switching to us just to ask the question, have you ever felt like an outsider before? Just to ask, for whatever reason, it might be totally different for each of us, have you ever felt like an outsider before? And since I have the mic, I guess I'll go first. Okay. My answer, absolutely. Yes. No joke. In every part of my life, I can think of so many times that I felt like an outsider for me, I think about being in elementary school and not fitting in. Until middle school, I felt like the single biggest nerd in my class. I wanted so badly to fit in. I would have done anything to fit in, but I felt like an outsider. As an adult, I think about one specific time that I was backstage at this large conference and a room, this green room was filled with all these great speakers, all these well-known people, and then there was me. And instead of being excited that I was in the room with this person and that person, all I could think is, what am I doing here? What am I doing in this room? I felt like an, like an outsider. I think of a time in my life when others were talking about me behind my back. Ever had that happen? And I didn't know who was for me and who was against me. I felt like an outsider. I just think about life in general and all the different places and situations that I've been in where for whatever reason, it just felt like I didn't belong and I just felt like an outsider. You never felt this way? It's like everyone else knows the lingo. Everyone else is connected in some way. Everyone else fits in in, in this room. It's like everyone else is BFFs and then there's you. Everyone else is in. They're like here, like, like, and then there's you. To say it as clearly as I can, it's almost like there's a circle. And everyone else is on the inside of the circle except you. Everyone else is so clearly on the inside while you are so clearly on the outside. Ever felt this way before? I think all of us have at some point, haven't we? All of us have felt this. But more than us, though, it's so easy just to think about us more than just focusing on ourselves. A better question to ask is if you have a circle, and by the way, I would argue that all of us have a circle. Yes, our, our circle might be smaller than others. Maybe it's made up by, by some family members or a few friends. If you have a circle, a better question to ask is who is on the outside of your circle? Like everyone else, including you, is so clearly on the inside and then there's just this one person who's so clearly on the outside. Who's outside of your circle? Who's not in? Seriously, just looking at your life, who's the person or, or, or the group of people or the outsiders around you? And get specific. I mean, maybe there's a person in your life that's just kind of awkward. Or maybe there's someone in your life who's just different. They live different. They talk different. 
They have a different lifestyle than yours. They're maybe different racially. They're at a different financial status. They're at a different marital status. Maybe they worship and then they're part of a different religion. And again, you are so clearly on the inside of your circle and then there's them. That other person. Who's on the outside of your circle? Let's try and think about it. You're one, six, seven. When you're with your guys, when you're with your girls, when you're on your block, at school, maybe it's a new person at work. Maybe there's a person who's going through a life transition that they didn't sign up for themselves. Looking at your one, six, seven, who is so clearly on the outside of your circle? Again, not someone else, yours. Going back to Paul, what does Paul have to say about this person on the outside? More than Paul, what does God have to say about this person on the outside? He says, practice hospitality. What does he say? He says, you know, you know what it's like to be an outsider. You know this, you've been there. You know what it feels like to be on the outside of the circle in response throughout your 167 practice hospitality. You know this feeling. It's terrible. Practice hospitality. Okay, so what does that mean? Right? Do you want me to like build a hotel for them or something? No, practice hospitality. As simply as I can say it, invite the person outside of your circle in. Practice hospitality. This person on the outside, invite the person outside of your circle in. Practically speaking, how does this look? Honestly, a good place to start is just noticing that there's someone outside your circle. Actually acknowledging there's another human being that's not on the inside. Engaging them. Literally just saying hello. I found there's so much power in just giving eye contact to a person and a warm smile. How does this look at work, the person who doesn't have a voice? Invite them to speak. Invite them to share their thoughts. When you're with a group of friends, notice the person who's not talking. Notice the person who's not on this this circle. At school, notice the person that's sitting by themselves, that's standing by themselves. Go to them and invite them to sit and stand with you. In a room, just look for the person who's clearly different clearly different than everyone else, including you on the inside of the circle, and simply invite them in. Or do you want to get radical? Leave your circle and enter theirs. Leave your circle and enter theirs. You go to them. You enter their domain. You meet them where where they are. This week when I sat with these words from Paul and I read up on these two words, practice hospitality, what struck me is there's a verb, practice hospitality or or seek out the strangers in other translations. It's not a passive thing, it's active. There's a verb, it's an active thing. In one place I read it said, Christians shouldn't wait for the outsider to come to them, but rather Paul challenges Jesus followers to go to the outsider. Translation, Go, 
Don't wait for them, go. Paul says, you follow Jesus, okay, then you take the first step. You follow Jesus, okay, then it's on you to make the initiative. It's on you to move towards them. You go to them and don't ask them. Don't wait for them to ask. Instead, you invite them in. You follow Jesus, okay, it's on you. This is where you take the first step. Now, before we start thinking that this challenge from Paul to practice hospitality is a soft challenge, I'll, I'll confess when I, when I first started getting in it, I was like, this feels like a really soft kind of message. Like, where's the teeth in this? Or before, before you think as I did, or that as Christians, Paul just wants us to smile and wave at other people. And that's kind of checking the box. Listen to this. At this time, when Paul says to practice hospitality, he's saying to invite strangers into your home. When he says practice hospitality, he's saying to invite strangers into your home. Wait, that's not the punch. Invite strangers into your home, not just for a meal, but to stay with you. Complete strangers into your home. Adam, that doesn't feel safe. Complete strangers into your home. Adam, that, in my, my life, my schedule, how does that even fit? Complete strangers into your home. It's not coming from me. Genuinely, I just think about it. I'm like, this is one of the worst things that I've ever had to hear at Embrace. Like, can we just wave and s- smile? I don't know about you, my home is my sanctuary. My sanctuary. Like most people, I'm going to give a number to it. 95% of people, I don't want them in my home. (laughs) It's like 99.999%, I don't want them staying in my home. My home is my happy place, okay? It's the one place I can walk around in my whitey tidies and not go to prison, okay? It's a very (laughs) special, special place. We have a guard dog at the front of our house just waiting to bite strangers. No, that's, that's made up. <laughs> All jokes aside, these words from Paul are radical. At least to me, they make a crazy. It's like nonsense. For Jesus followers, if you're not a Jesus follower, this isn't on, on you. For those of us who follow Jesus, that's, that's me included. Paul's talking about radical hospitality. Like, what if when you entered a room, instead of trying to get to know the person at the top in the room, like everyone else does, everyone tries to find out who's in charge, who's got the most influence, and then they start kissing their rear end. Instead of that, what if when you entered the room, you found the person at the lowest position, and you went out of your way to treat them like royalty? And you found out what they liked and they didn't like, and then, then you tried to, tried to just minister to them in that way? And what if with the, with the neighbor kid that doesn't have a very good home life, the neighbor kid whose parents are, are busy a lot, and the neighbor kid that's just kind of all over everybody's lawn and they're in their flowers, and what, what if instead of joining your neighbors and complaining about the neighbor kid and the parents' bad parenting, what if instead you began to unofficially mentor that kid? You heard people muttering and you know that that kid walked through your flowers. What if instead of complaining, you're just like, actually... I mentor him. He's with me. And what if we even got to know just one person this week outside of our circle 
just one. And we found out what that person's dreams were, big or small. And then afterwards, we did everything in our power. I'm talking our time, our energy, our money, maybe some more money and some more money. We found out what their dream was. And that, that week, we did everything we possibly could to make that dream become a reality. Why? I follow Jesus. And at work, the person who doesn't have a seat at the table, they don't have a chair in the boardroom, and yet you know that they're so talented, and more than that, you know that they're so ready. What if you gave them a seat at the table, even if it meant them possibly becoming competition for you? I'm talking radical. With our homes, there's a recent news story. Right now in South Dakota alone, there's 106 foster kids that are currently eligible for adoption. What if as Christians, actually forget about Christians, it's easy to hide in Christians. What if as Embrace Church, we invited every last one of those 106 kids into our homes, completely eliminating the need? Do you know how messy foster kids are, Pastor? Do you know how crazy that sounds? That sounds like, like nonsense, is it? Side note, later today, we're gonna be sharing on our socials just some links so you can find more information about possibly helping one of those kids. Once again, though, invite the person outside your circle in. Or even more so, leave your circle and enter, enter theirs. Now, friends, that's a lot, isn't it? It's just like, poof. And so just to remind us, why would we even consider doing this? Paul tells us, in light of everything that I've told you about Jesus, in light of everything that I said in the previous 11 chapters, more directly to us, in light of everything that Jesus has done in your life and my life, what is our only response? Practice hospitality. Where? Throughout every party, you're one, six, seven. I'm not looking for this one party you I want all of you. Practice, practice hospitality. Now, here's what's ironic about all of this, though. Some of you are maybe feeling this. We've been talking about circles, right, and people outside the circle. Ironically enough, one of the specific places that so many people feel outside the circle, they feel like outsiders the most is what? Is where? Is church. Ever feel like an outsider in church? I have. So often church and Christians are like the most unwelcoming places and people. And people don't feel holy enough. And people feel like they're too messed up or too jacked up. People that just, they just don't fit, fit in. They don't know the lingo. They don't know all the Bible verses. Like when it comes, to, it comes to, to church, so many people, they just feel like they're outside the circle. And this is so ironic. Why? Because no one in all of history, not an overstatement, was better at showing hospitality than Jesus. No one. I don't know if you know this or not. Jesus, he makes the outsiders insiders. He makes the outsiders insiders. I'm talking about fishermen, sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, the sick, 
the poor, the people different racially, different in every sort of way, the people who felt like they were completely outside the circle, the religious circle, every single time Jesus makes the outsiders, the insiders. And honestly, listen to this. The people who thought they had it all figured out, the super religious people, the people who thought and they beat their chest and they bragged about how much they were inside of the circle Jesus makes these people outsiders. That doesn't sound like Jesus, it is. But get this though, more than other people, more than other, other sinners, when you and I were lost, when you and I were broken, when you and I were covered in shame, covered in sin, when you and I felt like an outsider, Jesus made you an insider. When you felt like you were so far on the outside when it comes to church, when it comes to God, Jesus made you an insider. And maybe that's why you came today. It's just like, you just need to hear that one thing. You felt like an outsider your entire life, specifically when it comes to Jesus and church, Jesus. Even still today, he makes the outsiders an insider. And because of this, because this is true for every last one of us, because of what Jesus has done in our lives, not just as a cute Sunday school answer, what he's done in our lives. Again, our only response is what? Practice hospitality. Where? Every part of our one, six, seven. So this week, our one simple challenge, it's really simple. Invite one person in. This week, think about that person who's on the outside of your life, the outside of your circle. This week, just invite that one person in. And this can look a million different ways. Again, maybe it's going out of your way to simply acknowledge that person. Maybe it's to notice that person. Maybe it's to say hello to that person or to, or to invite that person to lunch. When you go to lunch with the guys and your friends, maybe it's just inviting them in. It's inviting a family into your home for a meal. Or maybe it's something much more radical than that. Again, this week, practice hospitality. Invite one person in. Invite one person. Bring them into your circle. This week, I was thinking about it. I don't know if this is true for you. Looking back at your life, you never forget the person who invited you in. Think about that person. Looking back at your life, at your lowest moment, when everyone else was walking away from you and they walked towards you, you never forget that person, do you? Why? Because they invited you in when you needed it the most. And even years later, you still feel indebted to them in the coolest, best God-honoring sort of way. And when you hear that that person has a need, what do you do? You drop everything you can to go and meet that person's need. Why? Because again, they invited you in when they needed it the most, when you needed it the most. Nothing more powerful. There are few ways that we can more gloriously proclaim and show the love of God to others than just inviting a person in. And so this week, do you want God to move through your life? Do you want purpose, regardless of your occupation or where you are, or how many Bible verses you can quote? Do you want to become more like Jesus? Do you want God to invade all that you are? Do you want him in each part of your one, six, seven? Practice hospitality.
this week, just invite just one person, one person in. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we are thankful for you. We're so thankful. God, would you remind us right now? We're so thankful that when we were at our lowest moment, when we felt all alone, when we felt like no one cared about us, no one saw us, we're so grateful that you were there. We're so grateful that when we're lost, you found us. Looking back, we're so grateful that for the moments that we were broken and you took the broken parts of our lives and you, and you put us back together. We're so grateful that you're a God who makes the outsiders insiders. God, we thank you for that. In response to that, as a result of that, God, would you help us to live this out, to practice hospitality, and we'd see the circles we're in and we'd see the people who are not inside those circles and we would just invite them in. Or even more so, we'd leave our circle to enter theirs. Jesus, I pray this week we'd see you move through our words, through our actions. We'd just take a little step outside of our comfort zone, God, in this area, and we'd see you move. We'd see people come closer to you somehow, some way through our lives. God, would you just do that? Lord, we invite you into every part of our 167. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.